He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 120 of a Good Talk Spoil Golf podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined by Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey Barry, how are you? James, how's it going? We're good. How are you? I'm alright, dying of a cold. But apart from that, uh, our new Twitter handle is a at a good talk golf. That's at a good talk golf. If you already follow us, you don't need to do anything. It'll... Continue on as such, and uh, yeah, thanks for following. If you don't follow us, give us a follow. And once you start a good, the rest of it pretty much pops up. So you only really need to remember a good. Uh, Twi- Twitter knows us. Up. Uh, the email is still the same as it always has been. It's a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. You'll also find us on Game Golf under James Richardson and Barry O'Hanrahan. And uh, thanks for all the feedback over the last week and uh, all the comments. And uh, as we always start, we look at our own games, and um, I've played quite a bit of golf, which is probably why I'm fucking cold at the moment, have a cold at the moment. Uh, played last Wednesday, played Saturday, Sunday, and I'm playing again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been a good uh, good few few rounds. But um, this is your t- this is a time of year when you really nail it, though, because <laughs> you're you know you're not per se in work. It is your kind of time off work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm off at the moment, and. Uh, uh, so it just gives me a bit of time to actually put some effort in. So yeah, played uh, played last Wednesday with uh, a friend of the show and a colleague of mine, um, uh, Stephen, and uh, had a great game with uh, two of the members in Glen of the Downs. And um, you know we struggled a bit with the wind, all of us. Um, it's hurricane season here at the moment. Yeah, some days it's four or five club wind. Well, Jeff and Owen both play off, I think, six, seven, that kind of mm. aim. And then uh, then it was me and then Stephen slightly further out. But um, I think I came in with 28 points. Owen came in with 33 and Jeff came in with like 20 something. Um, and it just was one of those days. Like It was a three club wind, if not more. There was a one stage on the fourth and uh, that's a par three up in Glen of the Downs. A little bit uphill. Uphill, and uh, anyway, we got on the green, and I was beyond the pin. I hit three wood up. We were off the whites. I hit three wood beyond the pin. It was about playing about, well, sorry, it's on the clock. It's about 160, I think, Mm -hmm. is the yardage off the blues. So I hit three wood, which I would normally hit kind of 210, 220, you know, average. Uh, Hit the bloody thing, got it right in the middle of the green. The flag was on the front right, and this is the really clever thinking of our golf club because they don't put the pins in any thought process to the wind over the course of the day. Yeah. So the pin was right on the kind of um, on the hill at the front. There's kind of it's like on a down a, slope. It's on a down slope, but it's kind of cut into the hill. Like it's it's madness. Like yeah, it's yeah, not so at the base. It's not at the top. It's like just. Flat bang in the middle. And the wind is blowing down the hill. Down the hill, yeah. straight to our back. Mm-hmm. And Jeff hit, Jeff was below the hole, hit it, stopped at the front of the hole, and went back off the green. Off the green? Off the green, did it again. Was that about 10 foot? Oh, easily, more 15, than that. Yeah, yeah, sorry, um, from where it is, yeah, so 15, oh. 15 foot. And like, he missed it by like an inch. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I mean like, one more roll, it was in the hole. Yeah. And by the time he got to the to walk up and hit the putt, it was it was already travelling backwards because of the wind. I was on the wrong side of the hole, putting downwind downhill. So you're going to be back down the fairway. Like I sneezed on it, yeah. and I ended up twelve foot past. And I, I like I would have been 12, 14 foot the other side. They so did. It was they just did crazy. that. They did that last year as well in one of the. I think it was the, the captain's prize. They had two pins in the first four holes that were. On on a down slope with the wind blowing the ball down the slope, so you put it. I I think I on the fourth same thing again. I put it up to it. It came back four or five foot. Put it up to it. Came back four or five foot. I don't know. But I have to tip my hat to Stephen because he knew how to do it because he hit it beyond the pin. Yeah, and it stopped and then rolled back in the back door. Nice. Uh, in no way was he actually accidentally missing it left, but uh, it worked out in the end. Uh, so yeah, so it's uh, and then when you and I played over the weekend, uh, we, we had a medal on Saturday. Um, 
Funny day. They, they, we have our captain's prize first round this Saturday coming. Um, it's a two week, two weekend event. You play two rounds, one this Saturday, one the following Saturday, and it's your combined score over thirty six holes. To me, it seems like they were saving and prepping the course for the captain's prize at the cost of the course being in its best condition for the medal. Because it looks like they've scarified the greens and they really gave them a heavy watering because there was extremely noticeable noticeable footprints all over the greens. Like They really took the footprints. And I think that uh, it's noticeable because I'm fairly light uh, person and when I notice my footprints yeah. on the greens... That says an awful lot, and I could see a lot of my spike marks. We're only, what, about 55, 60 kilos at most. Like, you're 9, 10 stone. Yeah, 9 yeah. and a half, yeah. Yeah, so there you go, 60 kilos. Which is not great for playing in wind. My lower to the ground uh, stability is not as good when you start swinging, and the wind just blows you off balance. Uh, yeah, it's not easy. So anyway, they, 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 are, they certainly seem to be prepping the course for the captain's prize. So hopefully all things going well with the weather this week. It will come in beautifully and they'll grow the rough up a bit and present a really nice challenge and the greens will be in perfect shape for it. Which brings us all around to the fact that we didn't actually particularly play well and you had an 80, I had a 76. Yeah, that's, that's net, that's not gross, absolutely guys. nothing to do no. with uh, the, the no, course. And but it's it's a good way to talk around it's the fact certainly, that we yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. To avoid talking about our scores. No, certainly it was, it was a day of the morning starters um, had quite an easier task than we did. The, apparently the wind was maybe a one club wind. By the time we got going in the afternoon at two o'clock, it was four, maybe five club wind at times. It was mental. Yeah, like I was happy with my 76, which is five over handicap. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, you I, know, I was delighted in the end. We both did quite a lot of good stuff out there. I started double, double, triple, so that's not going to help you. Um, didn't help the mood in the camp either. No, um, but they, yeah, you know, I, I, I was traveling along fairly all right. But uh, <laughs> I was like, "Will I? Will I tell him on the tea box that that was a seven, or will I just ignore that?" <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard one. Like the the judgment call on when you approach your pay, playing partner to ask them to confirm their score. Well, I, I don't. I, I never need somebody to confirm their score. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. In fact, it happened on Sunday. Um, I was marking one of the guy's cards and off the first he hit it at the rock and we walked out and couldn't find it. Eventually after a bit of kicking the shrubbery we located it. Mm. He took a drop. By that stage I had gone to my other ball and we're walking off the green 10 minutes later and uh, Will said to me, cracking four, you know, cracking four by a man. And I went, huh? And I didn't say anything. I just wrote a five down on the cart because I was like, it was a five. <laughs> it was one yeah. in, two was the drop, three over the back of the green, four on, and he then held the putt for a five. But all three of them were talking about what a wonderful point save it was. It was a four, <laughs> it was superb. It took me five holes to broach the comment with them and said, uh, just uh, just double checking your card. Uh, I have you at like five, four, five, five, whatever. And he yeah. was like, no, it was a four. You did count the drop shot, didn't you? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't worry, I got your back. <laughs> Five for zero. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's also tough when you're only in a, when you're in a three ball and only two turn up. We didn't have a third. So if somebody's having a bad day like that and a bad few holes, you can just go stomp it off over on the other side of the fairway. But at mm. least the other person has somebody to talk to. Yeah, no, I mean, like it was, it was, it wasn't the pretty thing. I actually thought I handled it pretty well. I mean, it, I it was on a scale of one to ten. It was better than your normal. Oh, uh, a lot better, I thought. Anyway, like I think I had a par in the fourth and I doubled the fifth, and then I went on an okay run of golf, so it wasn't all bad in the end. I just think like the wind wasn't the wind was crazy. Like it only helped us on three holes, I think, in the whole course. Maybe one, two, three, tw- thirteen, something like that. Yeah, thirteen, 17, seventeen, and eighteen were the ones where it was really helping, and so much so, like the, the wind. Just to give an example of what the wind is, my average drive is nowhere near this, but I hit a three hundred and forty yard drive on the thirteenth. That's right. Uphill. Game golf definitely shows that that is not your average <sighs> Thank drive. Thank God, <laughs> game golf was there to mark that one. But like that's just what was it that you asked me on? Uh, was it on on sixteen? We were sitting waiting for the group in front. 
do you mind if I check how far that... Well, it's up to you to decide. Well, see, the, yeah, I know. We, we, okay, we're not going to be winning any prizes that day. You're, and we're using Game Golf Live. As far as we understand, you're not allowed to check what... You can't. You can't, right? You can't. So I really wanted to check how far I hit that drive, but... You'd have been disqualified. I would have, I would have been DQ'd and I would have felt guilty about doing it, so um, I didn't know how Ironically, you'd have only moved about four spots lower if you had been DQ'd from the from where you finished. Yeah, it wasn't Heavy good. shoulders. Uh, mm. Thank God for all those NRs that helped uh, bump you up onto, I think, kind of second page. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, look, it was a tough day out there. We hit some really good shots. The poor shots were, you know, they get punished badly in a wind like that, so... Um, yeah, looking forward to the captain's prize this week. All right, nice and nice tea time in the morning. Yeah. To be fair, I'm I, I'm not really thinking about it as a captain. It's just another round of golf. Well, yeah, uh, look at this. It is. I'm gonna go play some play play with a bit of fun and uh, enjoy it. And whatever happens, happens. I think uh, lesson learned last year where I wasn't around for week two, and I just did that. Turned up, just play golf like it was a normal week and had a 65. 65 uh, yeah. So. Uh, I think that's the way to do it. I think a lot of people build it up a bit too much. Yeah. Um, and also, like strategy-wise, we were talking about this on Sunday. A couple of lads, all who'd be like Will, he'd have a chance. you know, And a couple of other guys in the group would be there or thereabouts to have chances yeah, to decent, win. Decent handicap golfers. <laughs> and we were saying, like Will last year would have won the captains if it had been played over two rounds. And all he had was the 70-70 for 142 under. Mm. And he's like, you don't actually have to shoot... The equivalent of forty, no. you know, sixty-five or forty or forty-one, uh-huh. forty-two, forty-three points. Actually, a 69 is there or thereabouts. If if you if you score level if you score level par net for your two rounds, you are in the mix. Like you're probably you're almost certainly top ten. Oh yeah, you know, and that's and that's just the way it is. Year on year on year, unless we get some freakish weather conditions, if you like good or bad, if you shoot level par for your thirty-six holes. You're really you're right there in the mix. If you shoot two or three under, you better be prep preparing a speech for the you know because there's a really good chance you've got the win at that but score. But it's it's amazing how many people can play their way out on the first day yeah. by chasing a big score when you actually don't need a big trying, score. Trying to, shoot five, too. trying to shoot five or six you know, under. Like, yeah. In any event, look, you'll be able to keep following us on um, uh, at a good talk golf on Twitter, and you'll also find us on Game Golf, and we'll have our rounds for next week up. Are you gonna? We uh, there's one one quirky cool thing that happens in our club. I'm not sure. It probably happens in a good few other clubs. Is that um, one of the guys there will run a book? Like he'll be the bookmaker for the week. Um, so you can back yourself. You can back other guys. He does a few kind of different prop bets where you can do like king of the par threes. I think if you oh yeah, if you yeah. Come net over par, and over and above. yeah if you go if you if you over come, under if you come net par for the par threes you win your bet and um, that's pretty good fun. Like, are you going to put any bets on or? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, feel it out I'll, in the morning. I'll see see how I feel. Like um, it's you know, golf betting's tough enough when you're betting the pros who are usually pretty not reasonably predictable, but they're an awful lot more consistent than we are. Like betting on amateurs is just. It's a double-edged sword. Like, what was it, three years ago? Two years, three three years ago? I think I went off as, like, the favourite. You had a hot streak. I think I had, like, an eight on the first hole. Um, I I, I don't know. I think that lends itself to building, especially the first round, up to more than it necessarily needs to be. Um, Mm. You know, and it's sometimes just easier just to go up. It's a normal round of golf. It's with your mates. You're not thinking about Mm. it. Whatever the score at the end of it is, it is... You know, but where you add in the, the the bets and you add in all of the razzmatazz that's going on around the first, and obviously when you drive in, there's usually a big sign that says, mm-hmm. you know, Glen of the Downs, Captains 2016. Uh, all of that builds a lot. There'll also be an awful lot more people down on the putting green than a normal week. There'll yeah, be a lot that's more waiting for the, uh, for the nets. There'll be a whole lot of all of that going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's part of me that just likes turning up and just doing what I do every well, Saturday as if it's just another Saturday round. And that's the reason, that's one of the reasons of the many that we go down before our round of golf a good bit beforehand every single week because we then have a routine. You go do your warm-up, you do your putts. So when, if it does come to a captain's prize situation, we're not doing anything out of the ordinary. We're still doing the same routine we always have week on week. So it does feel more normal. And look, you're supposed to get a little bit more excited. It is a big event. It's the same way the pros try to keep as level as possible when they approach the majors. 
but they know it. There's that little bit of extra focus needed that week because it is that level up. I think the difference though is where you're going up and you're play, you know, you're checking the notice board and you look at your name and go, ten to one, <laughs> yeah. and you're and if there's a little F beside your name or you're doing a quick look through and you kind of go, oh well, you know, ten to one. Okay, there's a six to one there. There's an eight to one. Jeez, ten to one. You know, oh, pat on the back for me because I'm feeling like I'm a hundred dollars right now. Yeah. Past performance just, is not an indicator of future performance. No, I just, so, I, yeah. I, I, I think it depends on, you know, I haven't worked out what I'm going to do on Saturday. Um, I'll have the same food in the bag. I'll have the same routine in the morning. Mm. I'll probably turn up a little bit earlier than usual, just on the basis that it takes a little bit more time to get in and out of the clubhouse and get down to the, tea, you know. And to find and time and space on the putting mm. green and in the practice nets, because they will be, there will be so much busier. You and will I need have, to give yourself that extra bit of time. I also it. have a very particular routine when it comes to the way I do it. Mm. You know, I put the two tees down about, you know, I pace it out to about 10 to 12 steps. I find a flat enough space. I hit four balls up, four balls back, do mm. that three times on each. And now I move into the short puts. If I, when I get up there and there's not that space, the narrow bit between the chipping and the pulling green, when that's not there, yeah. I get kind of, not annoyed, but it's kind of like, you guys are never fecking here. Like, yeah. You know, this is fine, but like, I have a routine. And do, do you have a fallback spot or two on that green where you can do There's your... no other flat spaces. Yeah, but I, I have I have that I love that one spot as well. There's a small break in it. I know it though, and I know the pace of it. You know, I know what the pace of the greens will be like on the course when I've gone and done that stretch there. But because there's weeks where you just can't get to that stretch, I have a couple of backup stretches that are shorter and smaller. But I I, I still know what the no, pace I'm of the greens will be like. Linger on the course. over the person until they fuck off. <laughs> just prod them in the back. No, of the I'm putter. just gonna I'm just gonna like set up right beside them yeah, until yeah. such time as like you know they decide to move on. I think that's I'm just. I'm just going to be selfish, to be perfectly honest, and I'll be like, I'm well, here, so fuck off. And that's a, you do feel like you have a little bit more entitlement to that area, because you're there every week, and those guys are just there that one week. Because, well, it's not, yeah, look, it's, yeah. it's not entitlement. You should Everybody's but, entitled to, yeah. to be there and all the rest, but I always do the same thing, and it is one of the big problems, and they're planning on putting a new putting green, practice putting green into the course, and blah, blah, blah. The problem is that the size of our putting green is ideal for... 51 50 weeks of the year mm. however there's two weeks being captain's round one and captain's round two when it's not big enough and there isn't actually enough flat spots on it there's too many breaks yeah um, and that's one of the big problems i have with our putting green it's you actually can't one. hit you you also can't hit a you can't practice 40 foot 50 foot lag putts on that green because you're no. there there's not 40 or 50 of virtually straight play or playable, or playable. Yeah, you yeah. have to you're all uphill from the front to the back it's mm. all uphill it slopes fairly viciously at times to the right there is no spot on that green where you can stick you know a tee down at 30 40 50 60 yard, uh, feet and lag some putts up to get going at that yeah uh, in any event that is our week ahead and uh I don't think that we, there was no changes to our handicaps this week, but if anybody out there is playing at the moment their captain's prize or their president's prize or any big events or any big moves in their handicap, let us know a Good Talk Golf uh, on Twitter. I'll give you a shout out. Um, if anyone has any any of their clubs do a kind of a bet, similar betting thing as well, if they have any cool side bets or different bets that are done, let us know and we'll get in touch with uh, the bookie in our place and see will he put those markets up just to add a bit of flavour, a bit sure. of extra flavour to it this year. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, and that's at a good talk golf. Uh, the news this week, and I suppose it's dominated by the, the major news that the Nike brand is withdrawing from golf and... Um, now, this is only going to be making of golf clubs, golf bags, golf balls. and um, They are going to stay in the golf foot uh, uh, shoes and in the um, clothing. And the clothing, mm. But they are going to withdraw from it. There doesn't seem to be a very clear indication of when they're going to do this, but they keep talking about it as a phased uh, exit. Yeah, well, um, they've done a huge price dump on all of their... Night was it the vapor drivers, the blue ones, and they were only released six months ago, and they're now at bargain basement prices. So it look it, it looks like it's a pretty expedient uh, exit from the market. It certainly looks like they're not going to be releasing any new stuff. How far along in the R and D 
they would have been with other bits. We don't know. It's going to be an interesting one for, I suppose, two two of the biggest names being Rory McIlroy and, and Tiger Woods. Tiger has, uh, since pretty much 1996-97, has been you know, exclusively a Nike man and, and obviously Rory signing the $100 million deal with, with, uh, with Nike. It's going to be interesting to see where these guys move on to. PXG have basically said, you know, they can they can ask, but they're not particularly too gung ho on on opening the checkbook for for the likes of of Rory or Tiger. And um, it frees probably Rory. We've spoken about this quite a bit. Probably frees Rory the most, insofar as one we know Tiger's not coming back anytime soon. If 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 he's even back for the next mm. year's Masters. You know, um, but for Rory, you know, at the age that he is, this is probably as big, you know, they say in soccer or in American football or, you know, this trade is probably the most important trade or this transfer is the most important transfer because you might not, you're you're playing in the best years mm. of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, for Rory, I think he needs to, to look at whatever he goes to as something that's going to allow him to be the best he can on the course, rather than perhaps the size of the contract, um, and I suppose it could, I, be, it could I be a big, that. it could be a big tenure, like like it wasn't Nike now. I mean, look, Nike, he was making his money. He, you know, it it does seem like that. But this is the point: he's yeah. made his money. Yeah, yeah. He's got a hundred million so now in, it's, ca- now in it's the bank. Choose the best equipment. Whatever, whatever way he works that contract, and mm. Nike work it out with them. Like I think we spoke not that long ago about the fact that Nike. In the three years that he's uh, that Rory's been with Nike, have actually paid him his hundred million. In so far as that's they're, they're, they've earned so much that actually he's pretty much working for seven years um, for free for Nike as a, as like, a close horse. Yeah, so like Nike have made their money off Rory. Rory's not, you know, they're not walking away from that contract with you know a ninety million loss. Mm. You know, they've made their money on on, on Rory McIlroy. Rory's obviously going to stay in the clothing department with them. But for him, he now needs to look at what is the best thing for him to start playing really well. Do, does he go back to Titleist? You know, does he decide that in fact a ten-year contract's not worth it because there may be better equipment, better in, you know, better technology in other companies? Does he look at two, three-year contracts? You know, with an option for two years extensions, etc., that allows him to say, well, PXG have come out, or the new PXG or the new whoever has come on the market. But uh, the big thing for me is whatever he does, uh, it looks to me like he should just walk straight across the road now into Scotty Cameron's office and sign a contract to use their putters. Well, Rich Beam was saying that um, at the PJ Championships or in the practice green, Rory was holding a Scotty Cameron in his hands and said, oh man, something to the effect of, oh man, I'd love to go put with this right now, but I can't obviously because of his contract. He's always seemed to have that kind of, I don't know, affinity with Scotty Cameron putters, so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he do- does. Um, he's not. I'm sure. Like, does, I'm sure he can't change or he won't change be- between now and the end of this calendar year. I guess. But in the off season, I'd imagine he'll be doing quite a lot of testing across the different brands. And I, I think he's now in a position where money's not a, money's not an object. Money's not an object to him at all. He'll just go and find the best clubs for him, or you know, or what he feels are the best clubs for him, and, and kind of maybe with a little bit of image alignment as well. It, it's it's all down to uh, what he wants from the game now. Does he want to to try to emulate Tiger and Jack, or does he want to be known as a really really good, you know, excellent, one of the greatest, but never quite in that top top excellence group? And that's why this move for him is going to be so important because if he wants to be in the same category as Tiger and Jack, then he needs to make this purely about performance, purely about what clubs will give me the consistency and the quality. And there's probably only a limited amount of clubs, makers, that, that that's going to do. If, on the other hand, he flips it and says, hey, I'm going to win maybe you know three, four, or five more majors, regardless of what clubs. I can go out with Spaldings and I'm going to win probably a couple more majors. But they're offering me another hundred million dollar contract, mm. and that's where my head is at. Then it, you know, and that's why I say this is really important for. Do you Rory. think that's a bad call? 
to do that, to, to, to give into the money, not to give Absolutely. into the money again. You know? On the basis that it, if this was his first, if he was 21, mm. you know, or 18 or 19, and this was his first big contract, then you'd say, hey, okay, I understand. This, this was you a know, chance, This yeah. is going to give you generational wealth and security like nothing ever mm-hmm. that you've experienced. But here's a guy who has a $100 million contract that's in the bank, that's sorted. He's earning five, six million a year just from his own playing mm-hmm. winnings. And then you're looking at all the other endorsements, everything else from whatever, like tags and watches to like, you know, you name it, you know, boss earphones, all of that's then all the other bits. But at the end of the day, for him right now, he should be getting whatever clubs suit his game with the technology and the and the fact that they can give him a tailored um, service to make sure that what he has in his hands are the very, very best that are on the market so that he can go and win. And, and if he doesn't, then what he says about, you know, I'm picking schedules and I'm picking, uh, you know, decisions in my career to add majors to my trophy cabinet, to add titles, means absolutely nothing. Because that's not the decision that's being made. Yeah, I could I, I, I hit the nail on the head. As far as I'm concerned, he has the money. Now it's just about the performance and how many you know, give himself the best chance to get, grab as many majors and tournament victories as possible so this be interesting to see what he does and, and all the other Nike staff players you know Brooks Kepka joined them just a year ago so you know he's only obviously Brooks has been playing quite well recently and seems to have settled well into the gear but now he's going to be upheaval again and he's going to have to find new gear and how does how long will that take to settle into I mean these guys are really good so it shouldn't take too long but uh I think if you if you were down the lower level of the tour, if you were kind of fighting for your tour card each year and you were moving, I'd be a little bit more concerned because you are not just playing. You know, you're not just changing golf clubs. You're 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 still having to fight to stay on tour and make enough money, and you really don't want to go through a whole equipment change right in the middle of uh, mm. having to survive on tour. Yeah, the guys at the top end, you know, the guys in the top hundred, top fifty. You know, they're pretty secure. Like, they're as secure as you're going to get. Okay, even if you're outside the top 50, you're not going to get WGC, but you're going to be at most of the major events. You're going to get into a lot of the Class 1 events. I'd be concerned if I was a, a Nike player down at, like, 250 in the world, thinking, I don't want to change again. <laughs> it's going to take me ages. It'd be interesting to see if any of them love the club so much, they might hang on and just play with them for a couple of years. They might go... To Nike, here Nike, I'm sure you have a whole warehouse full of stuff at the moment. Give me 20 sets of those heads. I mean, there's, there's guys on tour who will play with the same head on their iron for many years in a row because they just like it so but that's much. The other same point. with the drivers, like, you know? Is there, is there a major difference from one manufacturer to another? There's side changes in technology and they'll tell you, you know, oh, if you're as an amateur, you hit the tailor-made X, Y, and Z, you're going to hit them five yards longer than our competitors. But that's probably stronger lofts or stronger this or stronger that or slightly longer shafts. The reality is probably that there's not a vast, for pros, there's probably not a vast difference between one make and another make and another. But I think for your, your wedges and your putter, I think that's where particularly Rory will need to look at. And mm. it frees him up now. He can sign whatever he wants for drivers, three woods, hybrids, irons. But if I was him, I'd be walking straight across to Scotty Cameron and going back to what he knows. This, this could be a really interesting thing that Rory could go and cherry pick different manufacturers. I want those guys for drivers. I want those guys for my you know my driving irons I want those guys for my wedges I want Scotty Cameron for my putter I'd like we'd both be astonished if he doesn't have end up with a Scotty Cameron in his hands before we move day. on though would, would uh, what do you think of whether or not and this is something he might do uh, would be that he would sign a co-sponsorship deal with somebody that the Rory Foundation is the main sponsor on his bag a bit like uh, Nike like aren't making bags anymore so. yeah so yeah, he'll yeah. have a new bag so now all of a sudden he could you know a bit like Hugo Boss has with um, mm-hmm. Stenson that like you could sign with somebody like Hugo Boss in conjunction with the Rory Foundation so that a bit like uh, Barcelona used to do with the, the sponsorship on the jersey I think it was UNICEF you know they uh, instead of giving back you know that was the way to do it uh, he, he could change a lot in the way Deals and sponsorship deals for clubs and bags are done, and depending depending on how he goes about it, or he could end up with a full bag of Titleist or a full bag of whatever. So, uh, um, yeah, so I guess I guess see. we'll see in the next few months. 
Well, look, let's look back at the week that was, and the LPGA, Barry, had a mistake last week, and the uh, the Canadian Pacific Women's Open did not take place. In fact, it's going to take place on the weekend of the 25th to the 28th of August. Yeah, uh, it didn't just miss that by one week, and it's by four. So. Uh, so we'll blame the LPGA's website, because Barry just looked at it and saw it. I'll own, I'll own that one. I, do, I read current tournaments and figure at this time of year there's a tournament on every week. Didn't even look at the dates and went, okay, we're going with it. Not for the LPGA. No. So Oops. the Canadian Pacific Women's Open will take place on the 25th to the 28th um, before that next week they have the women's olympic golf tournament starting yeah early next week so we'll preview well, that we'll, next week's show uh we will get to that in due course but the european tour the aberdeen asset management paul Lowry match play uh took place up in the archerfield Lynx golf club in north berwick in scotland it was played over the 6978 yard par 72 and uh, anthony wall defeats alex noren one up to, I think was was this 16 years, f- 204 days after his maiden victory. Yeah. Longest non-winning streak <laughs> um, for for a player. So uh, uh, did you get to see, you watched quite a bit of this, I think, uh, did you? Well, I watched a bit on Sunday and a little bit on Saturday morning. So I think they had to push ahead and play two rounds in... I think it was on Friday to because there was some weather, some bad weather coming in, which was the wind that smashed us on uh, Saturday, and they got a good chunk of that on Sunday. Then uh, in the final, they had gust, you know, gusts of up to thirty, thirty-five miles an hour, which is uh, quite significant. Those guys handled it a little bit better than we did. They have uh, a little bit more control of their golf balls than uh, we could ever possibly hope for. So yeah, Wall played very very solid. Um, Naren did as well. Just had a put. Naren had a put right, twelve fifteen foot on the last to force extra holes and didn't make it. So um, yeah, looked it's it's a shame to see a match play event with such a, a low quality European Tour field. Um, yeah, you, like you want to see you want to see a few of the bigger names there. Like it's hard when you look through and you you kind of see all the names that were there and a few obviously stand out Matthew Fitzpatrick Robert Rock and Gary Seal there's a few you know half decent but it just it wasn't in depth that that was the real problem Um, I'm going to go back to the Costas interview uh, we did on in week 117 he had like his suggestion for a format for an event which was brilliant was play 36 holes of uh, stroke play and then make a cut and then you could have then you can have straight match play for two or three days or whatever. Or what he suggested was have nine hole matches for each of the rounds. So you've got a really exciting short format, and uh, guys going going hell for leather to try and make birdies to win their match because nine holes is a short time. So uh, that'll be interesting to see if somebody picks up on that. But it was well, you, we've you, been banging on about a a, a link swing, mm-hmm. uh, and that's now occurred. So maybe uh, we can just bang on this for a while and see if they'll take it up. Yeah. Love it. Let's do it. Uh, let's look at the PGA Tour because I suppose that's where really the main stories were coming out of. It was the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands in uh, Cornwall in Connecticut. It was played over the 6,841 yard uh, par 70 and Russell Knox uh, has won his second PGA event after his earlier win uh, at the the. the WGC HSBC Championship event early last November. It it puts Russell Knox now into Darren Clark's Ryder Cup team, um, whether or not he, he stays there or not. But if we talk about Russell Knox for a moment, because I think we're going to spend probably a lot more time on another story that came out of it. Maybe a little bit. Um, a good win for Russell Knox. Had to get it over the line, which is never always easy, but um, but managed to do it. Well-deserved. He played very, very solid on the Sunday. Yeah, um, I'm probably one of the more recognisable or I don't know clutch names that were up there because he had he has had that win. He just seemed the more solid player out of the few that were there early on on the leaderboard. Um, Daniel Berger fell away, had a poor round. Um, hey, look, he, he he went and did it. You know, nobody seemed to want it. He got a nice lead. He bogeyed 16, but um, all credit to him, made a great par in 17 and a fantastic par in 18. Like, in a long bunker shot, left himself a 12-footer uphill and uh, rammed it right in there and brilliant celebration with the hat throw. That thing went far. <laughs> it 
Well, to put it in perspective for Daniel Berger, uh, only five players in the last 16 years have gone on to win the Travellers' Championship after holding the 54-hole lead. Daniel Berger wasn't able to break the recent trend on Sunday despite opening the final round with a three-shot lead. Um, as you said, he was in total control over the course of the first three days of, of, of his own game, but yeah, really struggled with consistency on Sunday. Um, Russell Knox, uh, Scottish, Scottish-born American, plays all the time over in the PGA. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's no done deal yet that those guys who are in the automatic spots are going to get the automatic spots. On the world points list... He's he has one hundred and forty one point two two. Matthew Fitzpatrick has one hundred and forty seven point eight two. Andy Sullivan has one hundred and fifty three point eight. And just in terms of relativity, the leading point scorer on that list is qualifying for the team is Sergio Garcia at two hundred seven point nine five. So Knox could easily overtake Sullivan and Fitzpatrick in the next few weeks and pip them for you know an automatic spot. If he doesn't get an automatic spot. I can't see how Clark leaves him out of the team. He's 18th in the world rankings now. How can you leave that out? He's won. He's just won recently. Surely that gets you a pick. And I also think that for Darren Clark, he's got to go to America to win this tournament. And Knox, and plays, Knox in, plays in America. Exactly. He's comfortable with America. If this was the other way around, if this was in Europe and it was on... A Lynx course. Uh, you know, well, or in ish, fairness, yeah. I think probably a Lynx course would suit Russell Knox going well, to that's true. and knowing well, yeah. how to play them. But if he was going, if it was a European event, or European Ryder Cup, I should say, um, then it's a 50-50, because there might be a guy who's more suitable, or that course really plays to his eye, or he won it, you know, etc. There's a lot of, of variations. But interestingly, he's basically put it up to uh, Darren Clark with the comments afterwards. Um, he was asked, uh, he was asked did, he, uh, did he feel that the win now provided Darren Clark and the rest of the PGA um you know, well, sorry, uh, Darren Clark and the rest of the Ryder Cup team, you know, a problem going forward in picking him. He said, I thought about it on the last tee, to be honest. Um, I knew by winning this tournament, it puts Darren in a very difficult position not to pick me, I think. But I mean, it's his decision. If I don't make the team, I can't think I'm worthy of a pick. It's his decision, ultimately. But like I said, I hope I'm on the team. I would love to be there. It would be a huge honour. Maybe holding put, nice putts like that obviously helps. So kind of put it up to to Darren in the comments. It was pretty candid. I think you know, so. Uh, and and we talked a lot two years ago about you know the American teams not picking guys on form. This is a guy on form. You know, mm-hmm. we have a long history on this podcast of me going on about Russell Knox most weeks. Um, He's always there or thereabouts. Like, it's rare enough to see him outside the top 20, top 30, top 40. Like, he's, he's he always a, seems to be there or thereabouts. He's a very consistent golfer. He's not going to show up and have an, an 8 or a 10 over week and miss the cup by miles, you know. So, um, he's playing well at the moment, and he has been playing well for a long time. I, it, I think there'd be, there's more shock if he's not picked than if he's picked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's the reality. And as you say, you're going to have to look at the guys who make the team, and then if he isn't in the automatic, you have to look around and say, mm. one, why is he not in the automatic? And two, is he above the other guys in terms of form and flair to be able to... And I just think in America, of all places, it's, it's ideal setup for him to do it. But let's talk about the real, real story. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we gave Russell Knox his fair dues because um, Jim Furyk is really the story of the weekend who shot the lowest score in PGA Tour history when he fired a 12-under 58 on uh, Sunday in the final round of the Travellers. His record score came 1,059 days after he tied the PGA Tour record with a 59 at the 2013 BMW Championship. And uh, he's the first person ever now to to equal or better two fifty nines in tournament play. And you kept texting me over the course of the round, <laughs> going, "Jim Furyk, you know, eight hundred through nine holes." And I was looking at it, going, "Okay, it's not on friggin' TV, so I can't watch this." And then you, then about five minutes later, it was like running commentary. Eleven hundred through twelve. Like, Eleven hundred through twelve. Uh, and I like it was like, okay. <laughs> We'll wait and see what happens at the end here. Yeah. Uh, I still can't find it on the TV. There's no friggin' red button for whatever reason. That really bugged me. I was following it pretty in-depth on Twitter and getting videos. Rich Bean was out there posting videos as soon, you know, literally seconds after they happened. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the reason why I was sending those texts. Like, 
Oh, no, no, I, like, I, sorry. It was I, just, it was this random kind of I guess Furic, it, 10 under through 11. I know. I was like, it's, ah, but it's, it's such a preposterous score. Like, that's why I sent it. You know, it's so, so ahead of what, like, nor, you'd normally see. Well, the first time that you, the first one you sent to me, I was like, yeah, but it's a four-day round. Like, why am I surprised that he's, like, you know, 9 under through through 10 or whatever it was? I was oh, like, you thought it was for the like tournament score days. rather I was than like, one, surely, one round. I think Russell Knox is, is like, five sh- shots ahead of that yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But let's put this in uh, in context. So these are the stats for the week. <coughs> Sorry, for the round. So driving accuracy, 92.9% for Furyk. 64.6% on the field. Uh, greens and reg, 100% greens and reg. Uh, 68% for the field. Proximity to the hole. And I think this is a really interesting yeah. stat. Because like, you're not even just getting it on the green. But you're actually kicking the field's ass in this respect. 21 foot 6 inches was the proximity to the hole. 36 feet 5 inches for the fi- over the field. Strokes gained tee to green, plus 7. Strokes gained off the tee, plus 1. Strokes gained approach to the green, plus 6. Strokes gained around the green, minus 0.02. I think that's only because he never was off the... Uh, the I don't know how that's not a 0.00, but anyway, <laughs> there you are. Uh, strokes gained putting, 3.3. Total strokes gained, plus 10. Feet of putts made, 117 feet, 11 inches. Some 45 feet, 10 inches more than the field. Uh, 12 under, 58. Uh, a superb round. And I don't think, you know, when I say it somewhat gingerly, I can't see that ever being beaten in our lifetime. I'm just going to stay quiet on that one. <laughs> Sweeping statements. It, it could be done. And do you know what? You always say they could have gone lower. He could have gone lower. Now, he's he, at the same time, he says, look, a couple went in for me. You know, they, he did a big swooping, breaking putt on uh, 16. You know, there was a four-footed break putt that went in. But he um, had a putt on 15 from maybe eight or eight foot. A foot out from the hole, that ball was dead center. And it swung hard to the right and then did most of a 180-degree horseshoe on him. Um, so and he, and I think it was on fourteen. He just rolled over the edge, so it could have been better. And, and on eighteen, he gave that, it a good run as well. And I suppose to put that in perspective, if you even look at the beginning of the round, you know he talks about on the fourth hole, which is four hundred eighty-one yard par four, um, ended up birdieing it. He hit driver, ball ended up in a divot, and he ended up hitting a four iron to about four feet, to which he was saying was one of the best shots he had hit all day. Mm. So there was a lot of, it wasn't just straightforward, it wasn't T fairway green, there was a lot mm-hmm. of bits in between that, and um, that you had to get over. I suppose same as any round of golf, um, there's 18 holes in there, you're going to have some weird situations, and even when you do hit 13 out of 14 fairways and 18 greens, it's never as straightforward as that. As the stats would say, it is. There's there are pictures out there as to how that kind of came together. Look, he he played he played phenomenal. Um, I thought the cool thing was when he was it he hit the drive down eighteen or seventeen and eighteen. He was fist pumping because he knew like I was I'm, I, you know he was giving himself was the that chance. Eighteen, he hit high yeah. on seventeen. Yeah, sorry, he hit the drive down eighteen. He was fist pumping because he knew like, right. I, I you know I have a really good chance here. Um, and I he think giving, also- he was giving himself the opportunity like and, and probably to. Con- almost to congratulate himself for executing that shot under that self-imposed pressure. You know, he's the only one that's pressurizing himself there. The score is the only pressure. He's not trying to win the tournament. He's trying to make history. He knows the fifty-eight is history, and to execute under that sort of that, under that pressure is just fantastic. And it's interesting to see Jim Furyk hobbing the heels of uh, Phil at the Open Championship. You know, they they are. They're not just players. They're connoisseurs of the of the game and the history, and they're lovers of history of of the game. And they know, you know, he knows what it means to be Mister mm. Fifty Eight right now. Like nobody else has ever done this. You know, he's walking around now as Mister Fifty Eight. And Phil was looking to to have the all time record in in a in an Open Championship. Misses it. What looked like was going to go in, obviously didn't in the end. But they know what this means to them because these are bits that get written into the annals of history of golf mm. that do take a long time. You know, whether or not somebody goes out and either equals or betters a 58 um, in, in tournament play in future, then so be it. But he's the first guy to do it. His mm. name is on that sheet at the very top and nobody can ever take that away from no. him. And, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that he's fifth. 
fist pumping. I think the only difference is that actually the fist pumps were so obvious that, you know, he knew and he was making everybody know, knew that he knew that mm-hmm. he was armed or something where maybe other people just want to kind of go slightly inwards and go, let's yeah. just see what happens on 18. I don't want to look like an Egypt at the end of this by kind of going, yeah, come on, this pump. Oh God. Okay. 60, uh, 60 in the end. No, I love the way he did it. Um, and it's just interesting that it came, uh, what, a week and a half after uh, Stefan Jaeger shot 58 on the web.com tour at uh, TPC Stonebreak. Which just, straight and, away Jim Fuhrer commented on yeah. afterwards. Um, you know, So he was like, well, I missed your 58 on the PGA tour. Uh, there was a guy in the web.com. So again, similarly, he knows he knows what's going on. Yeah. And these guys you know, have to play to that. And they... Uh, it's it's an incredible achievement, um, you know. And then uh, he followed it up, uh, you know, just a few days after the the, the, the fifty eight um, to be nominated and named the uh, Payne Stewart two thousand and sixteen award. He'll be the recipient, and it's um, has nothing to do with the fifty eight. But this goes to a player that uh, annually to a professional golfer who best exemplifies uh, Stewart's steadfast values of character, charity, and sportsmanship. I think, in fairness, uh, similar to to the fact that Jim Furyk is just such a, a stand up guy and a nice guy, he, he's always seemed fairly willing to stand around and give autographs mm. and give the interviews and take time out. Um, so it's it's well deserved. So Mister Fifty Eight is also the uh, the Payne Stewart two thousand and sixteen recipient. Um, Will it be remembered as anything other than Jim Furyk's week or poor old Russell Knox is going to be knocked down that leaderboard somewhat? I think even in the Knox household, Russell Knox is going to remember, you know, it'll be there in tandem because it's such a historic moment in PGA Tour and golf history that somebody shot a 58 on the highest level tour there is. So it's probably not the worst thing to be, you know, at the same time, like, you know, you're on the weekend, you're probably going to be more remembered for it because you're going to go oh the travellers that's when Jim Fuhrer got his 58 I think so Russell Knox won that week yeah um, rather more... than if nothing if he got a 59 people would be like who won the travellers yeah who, 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 who won that regular season regular-ish event uh, in 2016 you're going to you're going to forget that pretty quickly but uh, so, yeah it look, was cool, cool thing well done Jim that was the week that was and uh, let's look at the week that's coming in and we'll start this week with the PGA Tour which is the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run in Illinois it's going to be played over the 7,268 yard par 71 and uh, it's been moved on slightly um, to accommodate for the Olympics and uh, Barry do you have any betting on this is the betting there I have the odds here yeah um, unsurprisingly Zach Johnson is the betting favorite at 13 to 2 this is his playground I think over his last 30 rounds he's averaging his average scores in the 60s here or 66s so um, that shows you what he how he likes it here um, Steve Stricker's 12 to 1 Steve Stricker won this tournament three years in a row from 2009 to 2011 um, John Ram is 12 to 1 that's that's seriously short isn't it I know he's playing very well but he is a rookie and uh, not long it's not playing the, like a rookie not at all no not long into professional ranks but um, I yeah wow uh, it'd be interesting to see if he's got that ability to convert on the tour this if is, he gets this in is that position event. This is an event where a lot of birdies are had. Yeah. Um, I think last year the, the, the cup was in and around minus four. Mm-hmm. So this is something that um, you got to look at guys who, who are happy to go low and, and go really low. This this is go time for sure. Yeah, it's a third, I think it was the third easiest par 71 on tour last year. So there you got to make a lot of birdies. you got to make a lot of putts and you got to be playing pretty hot to, to even contend here. Um, guys, running on Daniel Summerhay is playing very well at the moment. He's twenty to one. Kevin Na twenty to one. Ryan Moore twenty two to one. Gary Woodland twenty fives. Keegan Bradley, Robert Streb, Brian Harmon, and Wesley Bryan are thirty three to one. Wesley Bryan has earned himself an automatic place, an automatic tour card on the PJ Tour. He won his third Web.com event of the season last weekend in a playoff. Made birdie on the two playoff holes. Was the only one to make birdie on the second playoff hole. Took the title, and he's graduated straight into the PJ Tour. He um he he was killing it this year. He lead, led the web.com tour in puts per green regulation, actual scoring and birdies or better conversion percentage. So uh hot property going on to the PJ tour. They'll be the guys will be looking at him a lot. 
Jerry Kelly, 40 to 1, Patrick Rogers, 40 to 1, Robert Gargas, 50 to 1, and the rest of the field are beyond that. So, look, let's let's move on to the Olympics, which has returned to. Uh, sorry, Olympic golf has returned for the first time um, in, in many years to the Olympics. It's going to be played over the new Olympic golf course in Rio in Brazil. It's 7,128 yard par 71. It's a 60-player event, 72-hole stroke play, playoff if required, um, will be a three-hole playoff. Um, Barry, you've had a look at the, the, the actual course. This is this has been purpose-built. Mm-hmm. We won't really know this course at all. It's had one event, which was a test run that Paul McGinley went out to play and a few others that couldn't quite get the big names down. Um, golf has obviously had a lot of ups and downs with this tournament and so far as golfers withdrawing and not going for various reasons but let's just talk about the actual golf course itself mm-hmm. and, and and let's look at that Forget first the politics and the, yeah the because the guys who are there yeah. are there now so let's see what they're going to play and with that it does seem like this week there's a genuine dawning and realization that forget the whole argument of an olympic gold versus a major they're they're, they're there now and the olympic gold is there in isolation and that's what the big story is this week and silver and, and bronze and <laughs> silver and bronze yeah they're all obviously they're all chasing gold but they see the whole narrative of like the major versus the Olympics. That's just been swept aside this week, and it seems that every player that's there is genuinely, absolutely buzzing to be there and really embracing the whole thing. And I'd say there's a lot of guys who aren't there who pulled out are regretting that decision. So, um, and if but, they are, they should tweet us. They uh, go yeah, talk golf. Yeah, filled with regret. Hashtag Olympics. Um, so the golf course. Let's get to what the guys are competing on this week. It's a Gil Hans design. It was built on an old quarry, so there's uh, no roof and no trees. They didn't really have time to grow up the roof. So what they have is the through you know off to the side of the fairways and through the fairways are these native areas, kind of scrubland, you know, long grass, sand. Think something like the the way Pinehurst Number Two looked off the fairways when you know the when Martin Keimer won the U.S. Open there. Um, the inspiration for the course was drawn from the sandbelt courses of Australia. So it'll look a little bit like that kind of Royal Melbourne vibe. You know, the ferries will run into the bunkers. It'll be a little bit kind of raw looking. Beautiful, beautiful courses to look at. And also Castle Stewart in Scotland. So Gilhan said he wants players to be able to continue to play golf. And if they're off the fairway, they're going to have, a, you know, something to contend with, but not an impossible shot. So they'll have the ability to play the recovery shot out of the long grass or the scrubland areas. There are 79 bunkers on the course and water on four holes. The bunkers, they couldn't import any sand onto the course. They had to use what was there. So throughout the, you know, as the course stretches over the land it's on, there are three different varieties of sand um, in those bunkers. So there's a little bit of an adjustment factor, but nothing these guys can't get their heads around. You know, they, they get used to new courses all the time. Um, Gil Hans says the finishing stretch is very fun. The 16th hole is a drivable 303-yard par 4. The 17th is the shortest par 3 on the course at 133 yards. And the 18th is the last of the four par 5s at 571 yards. And he says the final three holes provide a great risk-reward scenario where somebody could conceivably go birdie, birdie, eagle. Another cool thing about the design is the men's and the ladies' tees, how the course is set up in terms of length for them, there, he's hoping that the men's men's and the women will both have similar golf clubs hitting into the greens. So, the the adjustment factor on the distance, like the you know the men are hitting seven iron in, the women will be hitting seven iron in, albeit from a little bit closer than the men because the men's you know hit their seven irons further. Um, the guys might have to contend with a few more bunkers off the tee, and the women might have to contend with a few more fairway undulations. So. It looks like it's going to be a fun course. The main des- the main defense of the course is wind, which um, you know we saw a couple of days ago. The rowing was cancelled for the day because the wind was too high in Rio. So, uh, and I think Ricky Fowler only played nine holes of practice and only pitched and putted the last nine holes because the wind was so heavy the other day. So, um, it just it all depends on how it sets up this week in terms of the weather. Well, but, let's- uh, it looks like a scoreable golf course if the wind is down. If the wind is up, they're going to have a bit of trouble. Uh, and the, the betting at the moment is as follows and uh, most of the guys are treating it like just an ordinary event so a lot of places are 6-7 places so Henrik Stenson is leading at 11-2 to two. Sergio Garcia 15-2 to two. Justin Rose 12-1 to one. Ricky Fowler Martin Keimer 
Patrick Reed and Bubba Watson are all fourteen to one. Matt Kuchar is sixteen to one. Emilio Grillo, uh, Danny Willett are twenty-five to one. Rafa Cabrera Belo twenty-eight to one. Pork Harrington thirty-three to one. By Young Ann and Danny Lee is forty to one. And then you're looking at Kelson and Peters down at fifties with Beesberger. And then Jaihidi fifty-five. Vegas is uh, fifty-five to one and kind of out and out and out and out and out. Um, just quickly looking at the weather here it doesn't look like there's going to be anything too strong maybe 8-10 mile an hour winds at most so uh, cer- certainly nothing the players can't handle and score well in. so uh, yeah it should be should be a fun event and uh, a lot of guys who wouldn't ordinarily get into such a high profile event because of the way the rankings are done have a chance to go and win a gold medal and we all know how good these pros are They're, any of them can beat any of them on any given week so and we, I think we could end up with a surprise gold medal winner yeah and I'm going to pick one very outsider and it's Finland's uh, where's he gone he's at 250 to 1 Rope Kako went out early last week at the Aberdeen Uh, I think went out in the second round but uh, I don't know I've been reading quite a bit they just reckon that he's the kind of you know if you're looking for somebody down down the odds so I'm picking him yeah no there, there is a course link there so if you're looking for you know how a guy might go on this course you know look look for a little bit of form maybe in portugal or in the middle east where the temperatures are quite you know warm you know they're playing at 26 degrees here so guys can play there and also any form on the castle stewart golf links which is uh you know similar in the way it, it it's playability um i've got a couple of bets on this week i've miguel tabuena from the philippines he's 200 to one um a couple of popped his head up on the uh the leaderboards and into my mind the last few weeks um emiliano grillo has played very well recently uh, fell away in the pga championship but uh was it the pga championship and the u.s open um he his golf clubs got lost but they're now returned to him so he's going to be playing with a little bit more pep and a step and um also podrick harrington who's playing quite well at the moment had a really poor round on sunday but his focus has been severely pointed towards the olympics ever since he uh the official announcement that he was playing for Ireland. So uh, hopefully he can ride that uh, good vibe towards a win or a medal even. Or, yeah. or just top six would be fine for him. And uh, I suppose, look, if we're going to be uh, uh, really selfish, we wish poor Harrington and Seamus Power, who uh, I think Seamus, who's world number 290, mm-hmm. he's 150 to one there. Um, you know, I wish we wish them both the best. And we'll look at the women's next week and... Because they they're going to play the following week. Yeah. The big fear that I have for this course is it just hasn't bedded in enough. I just kind of get the impression over the last week watching a lot of the Olympics that everything seems to be a little bit kind of slapdash. It's yes. kind of like there's a guy at the back of the the stadium still screwing the last chairs into mm. place. Like you're sitting there going, eh, "Mate, where's my chair? Oh, oh, it's on its way." Like yeah, you yeah, know, it's... it just seems like I'm just fearful that they're going to cut the hell out of this course this week. And then it comes to the ladies, and the whole place is just going to look really, really shite, and well, it's just going to cut up really bad. I guess the good thing is that there are only sixty guys playing it, not a full field event of one hundred and fifty-six, which would be tough for a golf course to hold two high-level events week on, you know, one after the yeah. other. So, with only sixty going out, it, they, it probably should be okay. But I do get you. Yeah, your point about the Olympics, everything seems a little bit. Oh shit! We have a snag list for everything, and the snag list is not really getting done. I don't think it ever. I don't think it has got done. Yeah. I, like to be honest, I was looking at photos of the golf course the other day, and there was a part of me that was actually amazed they had flags on the course. Like there was just, it was like somebody had been told, "Don't forget the flags," and they're sitting there going, "This is a job I was meant to do." Oh, I was to get the golf flags. Shit, I forgot that. I just think like it just. Mm. That's my only fear. Whatever about it, and you made the point earlier. We're here now. So whatever about the guys who didn't turn up and the guys who haven't arrived, it's all over. Now you want a spectacle. Now you want those players on a massive shootout. And I'm kind of hoping as well that you'll get like five or six guys who will like really go at it. That like they will really have a go at trying to fire darts at the board. And this will be um, a big thing. This is once every four years now for this Olympics and the next Olympics. So And then never again. <laughs> quite quite another hundred quite, years. Quite possibly it just I guess it all depends on viewing figures and everything there. But you win a gold medal in this, it's gonna be a huge thing. You're gonna get like it's gonna be a very, very, very high profile thing if you're the gold medal winner in this event. 
It will be equivalent profile-wise to winning a major, while not maybe in presti- terms of prestige, but profile-wise and worldwide you know, recognition of this person. We've always said this, even if they don't make any changes, which they may to the, the, the event on the next occasion and say it should just be amateurs only and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But if it does turn out to, to remain as is, there can only be two Olympic gold medal winners in golf over the next four years. This year and four years from now in, in, in Tokyo. Yep. Which means that you can have 10, 15 majors. You can beat Jack's record. You can do whatever you want. But there's going to be two guys in the world. Because I'm assuming the guy from 1904 is dead. But if you know, there's going to be two yeah. guys in the world walking around with, with, with the gold medal of an Olympics. And that's the bit that I think I'm more disappointed that guys didn't turn up. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it is the only chance. Whether you still rank it above or below WGC or you know it's a major or wherever the hell it is. There's going to be two guys over the next four years that mm-hmm. are going to be able to get into a pub and sit beside each other with their medals beside them and say, hey, you want to go a medal? Yeah, so did I. I am and an Olympic else. champion. And nobody else yeah. can do that. Um, and I think that's the thing that... Uh, the, un- the uniqueness gives it a real special level on its own. It's outside the conversation of comparing it to majors and WGCs. It's just a separate thing and it's a really special thing. But and you can, you can. Whoever wins this, it'll mean a a hell of a lot to them. But you can, Huge you can thing. throw open the, you know, the, the clubhouses of many clubs and put all major winners into it, and they would be chock a block. You can open up, you know, a two seat uh, table and mm-hmm. say, "There you are, lads. You're the two Olympic winners." It sets you apart, and that's what I think mm. would be interesting to see. And I'm really hopeful that over the course of the week, that whoever is there. You know, whoever's at towards the top, that there's just one almighty shootout because there's no point coming. You know, fourth. Yeah. You know, fourth means nothing in this event because there's no prize money. So you, you know, fourth is fourth. It it, it makes it no difference. And that's the thing. They're, they're, so, not, they're not just cashing a check this week or trying to cash a check or get a wheelbarrow of cash. And, and they're not. Your, they're not playing this, for Ryder Cup yeah. points. They're not playing for FedEx points. This is three people walk away with the gold, silver, and bronze. Yeah. That's it. So now it's a case of having a major fight between them and I'd love to see five or six guys within a couple of shots going down 15 onwards just going there's no point in me laying up here I'm going for absolutely everything there could be quite a lot of multiple medals here like can you go say second or third or ties between three four or five people will there be five bronze or like wow I, I, I don't know how they're going to do it well I assume that they I don't know the answer to that but I assume they'll just send them out to a playoff like well firstly oh, yeah. I, if there's if there's one guy who wins it, yeah, that's and fine. then there's you know, or there's two guys in first and a guy in second. Then the two guys in first we'll go out for the playoff. Well, yeah, one gets the gold, one yeah, gets yeah. the silver, and the guy who finished second technically on the score sheet gets his bronze. Mm-hmm. If there's however five people on bronze, send them all out for a playoff. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love the, it. The, yeah. I, I, I'm only working that on the basis that similar to you know the boxing, you know, you lose your semi-finals, you still have to box. The, the losing semi finalist yeah. for the, but I don't know. Like otherwise, they could you know half the field could get a bronze medal. Then you know you could all you could all just be like, do you know what? We'll all we'll all go away with a medal, lads. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, my my research didn't get that deep, and the, the thought only came to me about ties right now. So no, well I think if, I, if I, anybody I, knows, give us a tweet. Be uh, the other like, thing that was interesting was that they could go out for a practice round. You know, I didn't think, uh, you know, in other events, like you don't see Usain Bolt getting a practice 100-yard sprint in the stadium. He just comes out for his race and a go. Mm. So it's interesting. They got practice rounds this week of the, on, the to- uh, on the course. It would be interesting if they had to turn up blind on Thursday and well, say, there you are, lads. Wouldn't you say the guys in, say, the, the kayaking, the whitewater after kayaking, would get practice rounds in that course as well? well? you see, I thought that. And or, no, this is really practice, nerdy. Practice, practice because, runs. Because I ended up watching some of the, uh, the, the slalom kayaking yeah. the other day. And they, were like, they said, oh, this guy, th- these two guys don't need to go again. But they're going to do it because it gives them a, mm. a bit of practice on the course because they don't get to. So I didn't. I, I, I'm, oh, okay. I'm not standing over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't. I've never heard of the guys getting like the tennis players. You know, do they get to go out and play like a tennis match beforehand just to get used to the surface? Or I don't know. Or do, like, you, do the equestrian? Do they get to run? Do they get to? I don't know. I don't know. Like it's the same like with the with the swimming. Do you know? Do they get to warm up in the actual swimming pool to practice in the the days in in advance? I don't know. Anybody mm-hmm. who knows uh, at a good talk golf, mm-hmm. isn't that right? Yeah, it is. 
Anyway, you're still look, confused by that. You'll I am. It, it will yeah. take me a while. It took 120, a book 20 episodes yeah, to get yeah. into the other one. Uh, look, that is the week that's ahead. I think it's going to be very interesting. I'll be watching quite a bit of it. And um, my only fear is that both BBC and RT are showing really odd things at very odd times. Um, so you don't actually get. I don't think any channel are showing the full golf yeah. at this stage. And I can't seem to find a red button that goes on to like what is, other sports. What is up with that? You can't choose your sport yet on TV. What is going on? The Olympics has been going for wait, since Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This is Tuesday. If day four, I can't choose what sport I want yeah, to watch. Yeah, well, it's, at least it's not just me because I keep oh. pressing the red button on Sky, thinking that I'm going to get a choice, and yeah. clearly I'm not. Um, it's a bit disappointing. You get to watch a lot of other stuff, but you get just to be picking and choosing. You get force-fed some stuff you might not ordinarily want to watch if you were given a choice. I am fully in favour of the ladies' volleyball. Uh, you know that has been quite the quite the spectacle so far. But look, it's it's going to be weird. I really hope that they do show it on some channel that that you can actually watch a lot of it rather mm. than just you know taking the people who are here's here's the fifteen. Here's are they 15 all going out? Uh, do they go out in in Three their balls? And are they randomised or... It's, the, the draw has been made. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know whether or not they were going out as, as, as countries, like no. the Irish lads going no, out. No, it's, a, it's so a full draw. It's, it's, a, full draw. it's a usual. Slightly manipulated draw. The good players are together. and the, no, the surprise. The, yeah. Well, that's just the way... <laughs> it that's, was a ra- random draw that just happened that put all <laughs> yeah. the players together. Well, look, it's, it's going to be interesting. It only happened 104 years ago. So, uh, no, even longer. Sorry, 112 years ago. Uh, 1904. So, it'll be worth having a watch. Look, if um, if you're not watching it, if you're playing it, enjoy it. Thank you, Barry. Uh, we shall talk to everybody again next week. You'll get us on Twitter. You'll get us on the email and Game Golf, and you'll also get us on iTunes. Give us a rating if you can. Let your friends know about the show. Oh, and we're back on Android. I sorted that out just for those who are Android. Sorry about that. We had some trouble with that. I couldn't fix it, but. Uh, managed to get it working again so uh, hopefully well, hopefully that helps you guys out we're on all platforms alright have a great time we'll talk to you again next week <laughs> bye bye huh? well you're fine bye bye